This episode is brought to you by NordVPN. Listen up, nerds. No. Good evening, Mr. and Mrs. America, from border to border and coast to coast and all the ships at sea. What? Hello, friends. Do you have a computer? Of course you do, because it's not 1987. Hell, you're listening to this on some kind of computer right now. But do you have a VPN? Oh, (laughs) what's a VPN, you ask? Well, my friend, a VPN is a virtual private network and it offers two key benefits. Enhanced privacy and security online. But VPNs do a lot more than that. VPNs shield your IP address, change your browsing location, and make online life easier. It's all about safety and security, my friends. But, like everything else in life, it's also about watching TV. Don't let your paid subscriptions go to waste. I use NordVPN to access my home content while I'm traveling. Wink, wink. Plus, secure your connection on public Wi-Fi in airports, hotels, cafes, anywhere you go when you're traveling. There's over 6,300 servers in 111 countries, and you can find a nearby server for the best VPN speeds. NordVPN is easy to use. Connect with one click or enable auto-connect for zero-click protection. And it's got amazing speed. NordVPN is one of the fastest VPNs out there. And with just one NordVPN account, you can use it on six devices. It supports every major platform, Windows, Android, iOS, Mac OS, Linux, even Android TV. I think those are all real. Don't miss out on all the awesome benefits for using a VPN. Go to nordvpn.com ifanboy today for a risk-free 30-day money-back guarantee. The link's in the show notes. Once again, that's nordvpn.com ifanboy. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Um, you ever feel like you really need to get something off your chest? This is this this is a, like a real thing. Like, if you're mad, if you're upset, if uh, if there's something going on, like the I, there's there's often for me an idea. Maybe it's a wrong. Maybe it's a moment. It's it's an injustice. It's something that because you, you keep going on and on over and over in your mind about it, and like that can create anger and resentment or shame, whatever it is. And very often. I have found, I am not a therapist, I have found that when you let it out, when you give it voice, when you say it out loud, um, sometimes it makes you feel better because you've, you've expressed it. And sometimes it makes you realize like, oh, this is not a big deal that I've, it's been stuck in my head. So you give voice to those things um, and it can make you feel a lot better. And shock of all shocks, therapy is one of those things that can help you do that. It can help you be able to say those things in a place where you don't need to worry about the repercussions of it, work your way through it, uh, figure out coping skills, how to get around it, you know, find, find ways to deal with that stuff instead of letting it fester. Um, if you are thinking of starting therapy, uh, if anything I said sounds familiar, you're like, oh, maybe my life would be a little better if I could deal with that kind of thing. You should give BetterHelp a try. It's fully online. It is convenient, flexible. It is suited to your schedule. That's the idea. That's what they're going for. Um, you can fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. That's a big deal. You can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. That that personal connection, I believe, to be super important. Again, I'm not a professional. Uh, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash iFanboy today. You get 10% off your first month. That is BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash iFanboy. You're listening to the iFanboy Pick of the Week podcast, episode 210, sponsored by InStock Trades, drawer boxes from CollectionDrawer.com, and iFanboy listeners like you. <laughs> you can't say drawer. If you want me to, I can hang around with you. If I only knew, that's what you're into. You and him, him and you, if that's what you're into. Him hanging round, around you, you're hanging round, yeah, you're there too. And if you want me to, I will take off all my clothes for you. I'll take off all my clothes for you. 
If that's what you Hey, welcome to the iFanboy Pick of the Week podcast, episode 210. My name is Ron Richards, not Connor Kilpatrick. He's sitting next to me. Hello, Ron. Hello, Connor. And to my left is Josh Flanagan. What? Who? What? Hey. Yeah, that, that, on, man. he just woke up. Hey, we're all together. We are. We're all in the same room. Wow, look it's at amazing. that. Don't look at me. Uh, we are from <laughs> iFanboy.com, which is a website dedicated to comics. And every week we read the comics that come out on Wednesday. And one of us picks the best book that came out that week and dubs it the pick of the week. Writes a review on iFanboy.com that you can go read. And then we come here and talk about it on this year's podcast. And as well as we talk about the other books that come out that come out during the week. Uh, <laughs> it's been a long day, folks. It has. Uh, but before we get started, a quick reminder slash warning that we're going to talk about what happens in the books. So it could be deemed that we might be spoiling them for some folks. So if you don't want your book spoiled, press pause, come back after you read your books. Or just don't listen at all. Um, <laughs> go home. Go home. This week, Josh had the pick, and it was a mighty choice in front of him. You could say that. Yeah. That's one way to go. I had, a, I had an okay book. Re- uh, but, nothing, you know, it was one of those weeks where... Nothing really stood out all that much for me. And so when you do that, one of the things I find iFanboy.com is helpful for me for that. So I go through and I rate them and I, I look and I was like, well, what did I rate at four at five? And God, if I haven't rated anything at five, we're in trouble for that week. But it turned out that this week the only one that I gave a five star to was BPRD 1947 number five. Of five. Of five. So is the, the, the finale. Yes. So don't so jump on here. No, yeah. don't. This is, remember the spoiling thing? Yeah. That I talked about a couple of minutes ago? Yeah, well... Yeah, that's going to happen. You know what? I'm not actually going to talk about the plot all that much really? in detail. Because Hellboy you know, dies, right? You could read 1947 from the beginning if you wanted to. I would recommend maybe... I mean, you want to read Hellboy before you read this. Well, isn't... Don't... I, mean, I, I like the BPRD stories. I have the first two trades. But don't these come out as part of the trade series of BPRD? I yeah, think I mean, like 1947 is like volume six or something like that. Yeah, it works like that. I haven't really yeah. checked because I just sort of buy them as they come out. It doesn't really matter. But I think without... Any context, it may not work uh, all that well. But you could, you know, theoretically, if you had a working knowledge of what Hellboy was like, even from the movies, you could probably get through these and at least appreciate them. So these take place in World War Two and the after after World War Two and and young Hellboy is in this or not? Uh, yeah. Well, in 1946, he just showed up a little bit. In this one, he's sort of hanging. It's not really about him. He's there. Parts of it take place at the. This takes place at the airbase where the sort of beginnings of the BPRD are. It hasn't really been formed yet. And, and you know, Professor Broom is, is working in an office and, and, you know, it's kind of just himself and a few other people. It's not really like the big, you know, bureaucratic thing that it becomes later. What this series has been about so far uh, is that, I'm trying to remember exactly the details of it, but the, there was in, in a small town in France, there's like a haunted house and they send these three guys and they're demons and vampires and everything in the house and, and everything goes to hell and there's all sorts of fight. one of the guys gets killed one of them is put into this like coma and then one of them makes it out alive so when we come back the start of this issue we've got the one character Anders is sort of under what's basically a magical coma he's actually possessed by these these three sort of demon ladies and then the other guy who brought him back alive is just he wants to be quit of the whole thing. He's pissed off that it happened. The whole mission went foobar. Th- these are military guys, and they're they're trying to come to grips with this mystical fantasy stuff that's been going on around them. And you know he's pissed off about it. And and what happens in this one, which is really neat, is that Broom calls in another guy, uh, Ota Benga. And if if you know your history at all, you will know Ota Benga was a real person. Uh, he was a pygmy brought over from Africa who lived at the Bronx Zoo because we all used to be huge racists. <laughs> yeah. um, but in this, it's it's a mythical idea of what it, what happened with Otabanga after he left the public eye 
and he's a priest and he comes in and he tries to perform basically what's an exorcism on this on this one agent and he goes to this whole thing it's really amazing sequence of him sort of chanting an incantation over him exorcism style and they go back and forth between what's happening in the physical world the real world where he's just standing over him in this empty room whispering these quiet words and really the lettering comes in very handy here and then back and forth with what's going on sort of at a, a demonic level where you see like him chanting these giant words and trying to get them out and at the end of it it's kind of he doesn't really win he's like well i didn't really succeed he's you know the guy's fine now, but those demons are locked in. They're still in there. This is going to come back to haunt you. And the whole thing is basically a foreboding of everything that's going to happen over the course of Hellboy. Hellboy is, you know, Hellboy is, you know, the, the demon who is going to signal the end of the world. That's, that's his curse. That's his thing. It's the thing he doesn't want to accept. And this is sort of the precursors of that. And, and Odabanga basically says, you know, Broom's like, well, what should I do with this guy? And Odabanga looks at him and he's like, you should kill him. And he's like, well, I don't, I don't want to kill him. He's a good guy. And he's like, There's nothing, you can't win. You can't beat this. You should kill him. And he's like, if you had the devil at your doorstep, and even if he was a cute baby, wouldn't you slit his throat? And they sort of cut to young Hellboy. who's like, hey, you want to go play catch? <laughs> so it's about, it's just these choices about, you know, I thought he was a King Arthur's descendant. Um, yeah, wasn't that what was revealed in the Wild yeah, Hunt? Yeah, we didn't, I mean... So he's not really a demon sent to signal the end of the world. No, he is actually. That's still he's a little bit of both. Uh, yeah, he's part demon and part Arthur. Yeah. So the idea I is that see. he would use the power of Excalibur to do that. That's what happened in Hellboy: The Wild Hunt, which was also out this week. How much of him is part Arthur of Maine? Very little, as far as I know. <laughs> he doesn't like now, shrimp at all, for one thing. I remember you and Tom Caters loving this the previous 1940 mm-hmm. series two years ago when we were in 46. Was that two weeks. years ago? Well, yeah, two Seattle, two Seattle cons ago, we were hanging out with Tom Caters. You guys were you guys interviewed Dice Dysart, and you guys both liked him a lot. No, it was really good. It was it's it was a nice little tonal series. The first one was by Paul as Teca, really good looking. This one, however, was by Josh. Di- uh, I mean, Gabriel Ba and Fabio Moon. Oh, really? I mean, it's gorgeous. It's drawn yeah. by. It's 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 colored by. Ron just paid attention for the first time. <laughs> he just went and picked up the book. Literally, uh, it, you know, colors by Dave Stewart. Uh, letters by Clem Robbins. It's an all star book, all star indie book, sort of. Really wonderful. The coloring in the book, as always, but like the the sky through the whole thing is this yellow orange sort of uh, sun going sunset sort of sort of era. And, and there's just this foreboding mood of, you know, shit's going to go down at some point. Uh, and, and Broom kind of knows it, but he doesn't want to accept it. As you know, if you've read the books, Broom dies right away. He dies at the first Hellboy story, Yeah, he it? does. So it's, it's, you know, he knows shit's going to go down, and he has to wonder about if he's making the right choice or not, because he, he you know, he likes Hellboy. He, you know, he raises Hellboy as if he's his son. I like Broom. I love Broom. Broom's I like character. these old stories so you can go back and, and have Broom in them. Do you like Hellboy more or BPRD more? Lately, BPRD, although the last sort of batch of Hellboys has been pretty good. Yeah. Uh, but Not that one has to be bad, but I think no, um, they're different kind of books. Very different. And the thing is, is, you know, Hellboy's been doing the wandering thing for a while. Just this last one, The Wild Hunt, is the first time where we're sort of getting back towards a thing. At some point, they're going to have to deal with it. They're going to have to end that story at some point. Can't the wandering story? Around and know that he's the Harbinger of Doom and deny it forever. He's going to have... This, something's going to have to happen. They revealed a lot during this last one, but... You know, you have to. The thing about the BPRD is that they can kind of do stories and move forward, but they're still all rocketing towards this apocalypse. So when does that happen? Because it's been, like, 20, what, 20 years? Yeah, just about. I don't know. I, I think they've got to get to it at some point. But, but then what happens but, after you get to it? Is it over? 
Yeah, but the thing is, it's 1947. They're going back. Is, is that the cash cow end? Yeah, then the cash cow ends. Well, how long can you milk it? But the thing is, you it's, know, the it's story, still good. Obviously, yeah, you pick your pick of the week. 1947. So they're going backwards. That'll give them another. They're going uh, backwards, 60, but they're also years. they're also still still going forward. moving the story forward yeah. by going backwards. But the nice thing is that there's that was all deep. Of these that stories, was deep. That was existential. All of these stories that are working together, but you don't really need to know all of them. You don't. You know, and it's not. Uh, it's not impinging that you've read everything that comes before it. You can put it together. And that's really nice about it. No, that is good. That's a good thing about the whole Hellboy universe in general. I have read the first, uh, I don't know, six three or library six, editions. Three library editions, mm-hmm. six or seven Jeez. trades, and the first two BPRDs. And, and really, it's all you done well enough. You could very well go pick this up. Yep. You would be just fine. Yep. One of the other things is this is dice art writing. Now, Magnola gets, Mignola gets he plots everything. It. He plots. He doesn't. He, he, well, no, he does. He's steering the ship. He's steering you go, the ship. You, in the interviews, you see they, everything goes through Magnolia, even right. if he's not scripting it. He's not scripting it. it. No, so he's, he's, he's overseeing it. So, he's what arch- I'm going to talk about the writing for this one, what I am going to say is that uh, Dysart did a really nice job. Like, the, the actual dialogue in this, there's a lot of sort of like big exorcism kind of words and, and sort of creepy, you know, admonitions and things like that. And it's a really just a good issue. And it's one of those things that not a ton of people are reading, but the people who did really. It got a very high average rating on iFanboy. Yeah. People who read it liked it a lot. Oh, yeah. but, but those books tend to always do that. No, you know the, the series. I thought I thought the nineteen forty seven series has been okay. It looked really good. I didn't. I didn't really care so much for the stuff that came before. It was good, but I, I wasn't loving it. This one really, really hit home. You know, this was there was a week of a lot of really good looking books, and one of my favorite was Amazing Spider-Man 611, which was beautiful. Yeah, well, well starting There off, might have been other problems with it, but it was a beautiful yeah, book. Star- well, starting off with the, with the excellent Scotty Young cover. Oh, great with cover. The Daredevil, Spider-Man, Cable Humor. And then, you know, Eric Canetti artwork inside is just... And I could see... I, I, I was really curious what the public opinion would be of this, because I think to the, to the uh, traditional Spider-Man fan would hate this. Would not be a big fan no, of then they Kennedy's weren't. thing, but it's just awesome. I it's love just, the energy yeah. in it. I love the. I love that it's unique and different. He's got a lot of just exciting pages and layouts and, yeah. and p- posing. So it's it's sort of off the same path as McFarlane was. I mean, well, he, that's what I was thinking. The yeah. average Spider-Man fan should be like, oh, this is of the same. Right, McFarlane but I can see, really yeah. exaggerated everything too, and people had loved that. But yeah. I, I know this I could just see this challenging what they what they think of it. So then we have, we finally after that awful Mark Guggenheim arc, the last arc, we get Joe Kelly back, which is. Fantastic, but it comes <laughs> at a price, and that price, my friends, is Deadpool. It's as if Marvel thinks that Deadpool is the most popular character, or they're trying to make him into it. If you look at the sales figures, it it's it's starting to look like it. Yeah, I'm wondering if that's like which came first. It's the biggest swindle since the Sex Pistols. I gotta tell you, it's like seriously, it's just like it's like all these people are just they're buying what they're given, and they're just like, oh, it's wacky. Well, I mean, which Ron and I fanboy.com. I, I learned in this because I, you guys know I've been a big Joe Kelly fan over the past couple yeah. of years. His issues of Spider-Man have been my favorite. They've been great. I hate Deadpool. This is my right. least favorite thing he's he's, he's written. Well, now, that I've now read this what's year. so funny though is that because you guys okay, so you th- thought it was least funny. Did you hate Deadpool? Did you like this issue? No, I, I couldn't okay. stand it. I barely well, you, finished it because of Deadpool. I didn't. Yeah, I don't like okay. Deadpool. I liked now, all the stuff had, before Deadpool. Great- had you read the Deadpool issues that Daniel Way's been reading? This is a breath of fresh air because in the the, stupid Daniel Way stuff, there are two inner monologue voices going on at once, and at this one, at least there's just one. So I mean, it should be noted that you know Joe Kelly is the progenitor of this Deadpool. Yeah, and I'm fine with that. And if this is how Deadpool should be written, that's that's the thing. This is clearly a love letter to the Deadpool fans and the fans of the original Joe Kelly run, and I'm fine with that. I just I'm not one of them, so I didn't really enjoy it. I I don't mind. Spider-Man was pretty funny. Yeah, but that was all the stuff before Deadpool. Yeah, yeah, I liked exactly. the stuff before Deadpool showed up. The yeah. whole stuff in the beginning was great. Did you like the Jeff Johns cameo? 
Yeah, no. I mean, it was, I, you know, fourth, <laughs> no. it was too, I, it was too inside. You either like the fourth wall stuff or you don't, yeah. and I didn't have necessarily have a problem with it. Dead, the problem with Deadpool is it's every, it's every well, page. Yeah, what we're referring to is that there's one moment where Deadpool reacts, something happens to his feet, and he complains about, you know, paying extra for little Blackest Night symbols on his feet, and there's a asterisk and a editor's box from Jeff John saying he approves of this message, which is, you know, you know, but how many Spider-Man fans are also reading Green Lantern? Uh, you know, and that's eh. not even the point. I mean, you know, yeah. comics is pretty insular. If you know what's yeah. going on in one thing, you do another. Yeah, I, I just I get really tired of it. Yeah, I you know, get, you know what really annoyed me, and this is this is you know gonna go down in history as, as a yet yet another one of my isms. But the uh, freaking recap page with all the photos with the editors and stuff like that, I could have done without that. That was just like let's not be cutesy just to be cutesy. That's been the only thing I, I don't like in general about the Amazing Spider-Man book, which is on record my favorite Marvel book. Yeah. Is there too cutesy insidery, even even the, when, without this stuff? Well, it's the wackerisms. In yeah, it. I, yeah, I hate that stuff. But Wacker. I think he's taking some liberties and trying to. I mean, he's taking after the Stan Lee stuff. But yeah, he's giving it a life. It's just, but, you, it's just you have to be you have to be Stan to be able to pull it off. You've got to be able to have you know. Kind it's of, just, yeah. yeah. Everybody else comes off kind of annoying. And I don't even think that he's trying to be be Stan. No, what I mean way, is you have yeah. to be have the charm of Stan Lee to pull off that yeah. stuff. Whereas yeah. everything else comes off as kind of self indulgent. I just. I'm not a Deadpool fan, so I didn't enjoy this issue. But people who like Deadpool loved it, and that's good for them. That's fine. Good for them. And luckily, there's only one shot, so we go back to the next story, which I'm excited for the yeah. Gauntlet next. Yeah, which is gonna be great. Mark Wade looks like he's you know, up against and, classic yeah. villains, and that's what I'm looking for. Electro. So it's funny. Uh, I picked up Dark X Men because it has an wonderful X, because it had an X on it, and I and I was kind of dreading it because I saw the cover, and I hate Simone Bianchi. I just hate, 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 hate Simone Bianchi. So and hard. so. I saw the cover and I was like, "Oh crap!" I'm like, "Whatever, he's got an X on it." And I opened it up and I saw Paul Cornell and Leonard Kirk, and I danced a little jig. And it's I was wonderful. It was it was fantastic. It was it's magical. It, uh, it was just it, and and he did a great job. As so usual. what is this he's, one about? Uh, this is about the, the the basically the Norman X Men team that is that exists. So it's the same as Dark post. Avengers. So, uh, yeah. In your face, Matt Fraction. Well, this is a limited series. Doesn't so, matter. It's yeah. a book you're holding yeah. in your hand called exactly. Dark X Men. We already did this bit though. Yeah, but yeah. really. Yeah. So this is the the, the Dark X Men team with Mystique, with Mimic, the Dark Beast, and Omega, Weapon Omega, whatever they got, the Michael guy for the from Canada. Did um, it recapture the magic of Captain and Britain, or was it just... No, it, it didn't. It wasn't as special as that, but it was really good. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, the thing is, I don't really care for any of these characters, although I love Dark Beast because that's how Beast is supposed to look. As opposed, we'll get to sword in a bit. You mean he's got no hair on? Well, no, no, he looks like Beast. Because Beast is supposed to before, have no hair. Before Morrison and quietly ruined him. But Beast should have no hair. No, blue fur Beast. No, I don't want any hair you on want, Beast. You want you Silver want Age Beast? I like original yeah. Beast. Yeah. Nice. Anyway. I'm but, an old school um, Beast guy. But so, you know, so it's, it, this is just, and, and the big thing at the end is that now it brought back Nate Gray, uh, X-Man, from the, the Age of Apocalypse uh, Has he character. been back since then? No, he, they killed him off a few years ago, and now he's back. So. There was an X-Man title for a long time. Um, yeah, there was. There. For you Beatles Rock Band fans, did you see the little captions in the beginning? For some reason, they decided to, when they described each character in the opening, they were described by a Beatles song. So Norman Osborn says, the, you know, the banality of evil, Glass Onion. Mimic you know, you copies mutant to, powers. Nowhere, man. Like I was you, like, you don't have to tie that to rock band, you know. <laughs> every, were a every, band. Everything's about rock band. Jesus, so I thought that was cute. Mystique, Eleanor Rigby, you know. So that was you know clever little Britishism. I picked up Punisher Max number one, which is Jason Aaron and Steve Dillon doing the Punisher Max, which is not the Marvel Universe Punisher, but the. The Max, real world. The Max real world version right. Punisher. That, that Garth Ennis did for years. and yep. For 60 some odd issues he did them. I liked it. I mean, it was, it was a Punisher story. The only problem I had with it was this is the real world Punisher. And he's supposed to be like old. 
we talk about how he's been around for 30, 30 years, yeah, yeah. and he doesn't look any, really any different than, well, he, here's, than he did before. Well, here was my issue with it. I thought Jason, he had a few more lines in his face. Jason Aaron like, wrote a great story, and it was brutal and, and all that kind of stuff. Uh, don't get me wrong. I love Steve Dillon. Steve Dillon's one of my favorite artists. But by having him do this, it brings back all the... It immediately makes me think of the Ennis Dillon run, yep. and I didn't believe this to be the max title. I meant, I mean, literally, I thought yeah. I was reading an, an issue of the Ennis Punisher I never read before. Yeah, like when That's the when when the like. eyes popped out. Yep. Yeah, it, it felt like it felt more like that than it felt like the Ennis Max, which was gritty and ultra real, and you know the art on that was you know all dark and so scratchy. This, this is more like Welcome Back, Frank. Steve, Steve yeah. Dillon does not does not uh, connote uh, realism. Re, you know, the real world. And there's a and it's fine, and there's but. a level of humor like when when the guy so basically what happens is that a a guy gets his eyes popped out by the new by Wilson Fisk who's the kingpin yeah. and at one point he pops him back in and he's all cross-eyed like there's an innate humor with Steve Dillon which did, this book I he makes violence about. funny yeah exactly which I don't know if that's the tone they want better than anyone the story but. in this is is that the mafia's you know they they realize if they don't do something about Punisher they're gonna die so they are gonna concoct a fake boss of bosses so they they take one of the mobsters bodyguards who is Wilson Fisk and they're going to prop him up as the kingpin as the boss of bosses and yeah. the, what the whole twist is the kingpin's plan is to actually become the boss of bosses once right. he's propped up there it was I mean it was enjoyable I'll read the next one I liked it yeah. it, just, it just was weird that you know there's a they make a very specific point of saying the Punisher's been around for 30 years which means he's at least 50 something he's got to be yeah. if not 60 well I thought his face did look older he's a little more Prince, lined but yeah, he but didn't yeah. really look all that different but it, I didn't even notice that yeah. I really it didn't feel like it was Punisher Max it was a different yeah. one I don't really yeah. Care. Um, but how about that Dave Johnson cover? It was a great cover, and I enjoyed oh. the issue. So I, yeah. I, I mean, in that to sense, point of fact, Dave Johnson has never done a bad cover. Oh yeah, exactly. <laughs> and the next week's looks even more amazing. So Connor, um, did you jump up and and yelp enjoy on Wednesday night after you read Green Lantern Corps number forty two? Gentlemen, it's been a long, it's been dark time. It's like fifteen years now, and finally we have come out of the woods into the light. How many more metaphors can I mix? Just keep mixing them, baby. It's, keep mixing uh, them. It's been it's is been it a, a struggle. Is it a good day in the DCU? It's a good day in America. Yeah. Um, no, I. Uh, Connor's morning in America. <laughs> in Green Lantern Corps, well, the big thing was that the Black Lanterns are are attacking the power battery. They're going to want to destroy it, which would then render all the Green Lanterns powerless. And Kyle Rayner gives his life to to stop them and sacrifices himself. The the mask, the Green Lantern, the the the, the mask that everyone's hated since 1994. That mask does suck. Has now been obliterated, and it ends with him dead. You know, we've had here it's it is a, it's, ring status report: Green Lantern two eight fourteen deceased. There he is. It's been a long, hard time. Almost twenty years well, of. Well, listen, here's the thing. Now, I, I went twenty years. It's been fifteen. It's well, like, that's almost like, twenty in my I book. I like Kyle Rayner. I always have. I think he's fun, but I would absolutely agree that at this point in time, he's entirely redundant. Yeah. There's no place for him because you've got Guy Gardner and John Stewart and Hal Jordan, yeah. and they're all different enough. Yep. That Kyle has no place, and I know that they've they, they you know he's been entertaining in this Green Lantern Corps book, but. At the end of the day, he, he isn't needed. Yep. I want to backtrack and say I, I'm I'm kidding with all the speeching. <laughs> no, you're not. You're I, no, I am. If, if this had been ten years ago, I probably would have been excited admi- about it. You, will you admit that you were once a member of Heat? <laughs> no. <laughs> I will I will deny <laughs> that I started Heat. <laughs> what does that stand for? Hal's Emerald Action Team. <laughs> <laughs> How does he know it so quickly? Exactly. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> um, I ten years ago I would have been happy about really happy about fifteen years ago I would have been thrilled, but. Uh, you know, over the years, Five years ago? Kyle's back. He's been back a while. They reestablished yeah. him as the primary lantern. As I'm, I've got no problem with Kyle. He's been good, good in this book. I would say I don't have affection for him, but I tolerate him. And 
I, you know, I wasn't thrilled about it. I wasn't jumping no. for joy about it. And I feel like Josh does. He's, at this point, he's basically redundant. I guess the stories exist. They just haven't found a way to make him interesting yeah. enough to really do anything about well, it. Well, I thought the issue itself was really good. I thought, so the Black Lanterns are attacking. They realize they're attacking the, the, the central power battery. Kyle immediately steps in, takes control, and unleashes one of the Red Lanterns that they captured, which I thought was genius. Yep. And then he dies. <laughs> the Alpha Lantern kills him in the next page, yeah. which I was like, <laughs> that made me laugh. And then I honestly didn't see Kyle's sacrifice coming. I didn't nope. see it coming. But it makes, and I mean, if you think about that, the it makes sense. arc of the character. Yep. Like at the point now where he's a battle general, basically. Yep. yep. He was Ion. Yeah, yep. it all makes sense. But when he says goodbye through his ring and he says he tells guy you're like a brother, thank you, and he says goodbye to Sorenik and he says, I love you, I don't really believe that. I feel like that relationship was new. <laughs> Man, That's a little Yeah, I know, but still. The other point is I don't necessarily believe he's dead. Or we're gonna stay dead because he's gonna become the Spectre. He could be the Spectre. He's already been parallax. He's gonna follow he, the, he, the Hal Jordan he's arc. Be Black well, look, we're in the we're in the smack dab in the very Black middle Lantern. of this Blackest Night story. Yeah. All we've seen so far is major characters die. You know, most if not all of them are coming back. Yeah. So, I don't necessarily believe this is permanent. It may be. It could be because as Josh said, he's, he's really he's really superfluous at this point. But I don't necessarily superfluous. Yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't totally. necessarily believe he's he's dead. Yeah. For good. Uh, yeah, but does anybody say dead? Yeah, come on, really. I'd be nice if he was. I think he should be. Yeah. For a yeah. while. Uh, and that'll be it. I wonder how Ron Mars feels. Come back. Then they'll be Keat. Yeah. So I would love to go back and read my original Green Lantern stories where Kyle Rayner started out with the Emerald Black. Dawn. Exactly, but they're all in my long boxes. Emerald Twilight? I, Emerald, I forget it. Emerald Dawn was Hal's a new origin a new story. Dawn. Anyway, they're all in my long boxes. And how would, how would Ron get, get to, to his them. comics? I, oh, I see what you're doing there. Yeah. Hey, this episode of iFanboy has been brought to you in part by Drawer Boxes from CollectionDrawer.com. Drawer Boxes are the strongest storage container made for comics. They can be stacked up to six high to maximize the square footage. And because they work like a drawer, every comic in your collection be- remains accessible by simply pulling a drawer open. Long and short drawer boxes can be combined and linked together with box locks, box anchors, in any configuration to fit any space and remain secure with absolutely no tipping or slippage. And now the contents can be organized and sorted to meet the needs of any collector with every issue immediately accessible. Like Ron was saying about his old Green Lantern, Ron Mars written issues. I'd love to pull them out if I could. He practically hit you over the head with that one. They're in box number eight, I think, which is like four deep. Yeah, it's not easy to get to. How many boxes? I have over 40. So how many eight? They must not be alphabetical. There are they, well. The, here's the, here's my great here's oh, my you see the face here's my great made. my great confession is that the first twenty boxes are completely alphabetical, and I haven't done a reorganization since O two. So I've got twenty boxes that are in chronological. Uh, uh, I need to do a merge. I, you I think take, about it. I gotta take a week off of work. You to do that. you lay in bed sometimes. Think about it. You know what the sad reality is? Is I live in a studio apartment in San Francisco. I don't have the room to do that. Like I need to basically go get like rent a hotel room. Like and, and just and or and <laughs> that would be an yeah, awesome weekend. That would be an awesome we weekend. We should make that an episode. I don't think I could do it in a weekend. That's the thing. Rented a San Francisco like no. But if we got yeah. all of us together, got some cameras, that'd be fun. You could, be we fun. could do that Maybe. a weekend. Well, yeah. If you wanted to do that, you could go and get uh, you get some door boxes, uh, drawer boxes, box sort, upright dividers, and box locks. Box anchors are exclusive trademarks of the CollectionDrawer.com and available at CollectionDrawer.com. When you order, make sure you uh, mention iFanboy when you do. They're really pretty cool. They're uh, very cool, and they solve a lot of the problems that you have from having these boxes all over the place. And I think, I think, Ron, you could use a set. I could use a set. I could use a set of, of forty. Now I note that the <laughs> next book here on my list is X Force number twenty one. So X Force number so twenty. Connor, what did you? Oh wait, <laughs> X Force number twenty one uh, is the next chapter in the Necrotia X storyline, which in New Mutants last week you might remember I was totally excited for. And then X Force number twenty one sucked the life out of your sucked the life out of me because I can't stand Clayton Crane. I just can't take it. I just the art is is just miserably not what 
I like. Um, but what what was neat, similar to the Black Lantern story, is that whatever's going on in Necrotia is resurrecting all the dead mutants. So the whole 198 mm. mutants thing now, they're back up to over a million. Well, they made that joke at... Are they uh, No, they're no, just normal. Oh. They're just back. Like, Banshee's back. They just brought them all back. Yeah, they're just, just all back. Just like no explanation, they're just back. They, uh, they mentioned that in their panel in San Diego. They said they welcomed you to the Blackest Night panel. Yeah, I mean, they, the, the they did, yeah. I mean, in, in this issue, we had like we had a whole bunch of classic you villains. The I read news. Oh, okay. Yeah. A whole bunch of classic X villains come came back to life, like Feral and Stonewall and Tower and you know and Rusty Collins and Pyro. Um, and Banshee was a big one, but now he's evil, apparently. I was, Celine is doing something where she's raising, raising the dead and making them fight the X-Men. And, but this Clayton Crane, the drawing of Archangel, it just, uh, they still haven't explained it. Why he's the blue. way you pronounce it, so it's fine. Yeah, so it just, it just annoys me. Uh, next up, you, uh, JSA Cobra wrapped up number six. Uh, Eric Troutman uh, sort of, he doesn't like to say that he's redoing the, uh, the checkmate, but he's, 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 living in the, he's walking in those shoes. Are you hosting this show? I'm helping. I'm, I'm usually like I'm seeing this show. It's pretty I know. Awesome. <laughs> you don't uh, want me to? No, I just think it's fantastic. Right in the middle. Um, JSA vs. Cobra is a six. As Josh said, ended the series. And if you're not been happy with the current incarnation of JSA, this is what you should have been reading, and you should probably check out the trade when it comes out. This is much more in line with with the old school JSA. There's no stupid contrived bickering going on between the team, um, <laughs> and it's also very checkmate influenced. So if you like to checkmate. As Josh said, Troutman was one of the co-writers of Checkmate for a while. It's very much infused in that. And the big news in this one is that Tasha Bordeaux finally woke up from her coma or whatever it was she was oh, in. Oh, really? So yeah, she's I, back awake. I love And Sasha she gave Bordeaux. Mr. Terrific a nice kiss oh, on nice. the mouth. Nice. Maybe with tongue. That was not explained. I'm just inferring tongue. Uh, there's no editor note? This no editor note. This kiss includes tongue. Um, sword. So sword number, 20, sword number one came out, and I was very confused because I was looking for the sword by the Luna Brothers. <laughs> yeah. But anyway. Um, sword this one's got dots between the letters. Yeah, but they're not on the cover. There are no there's, dots in between the letters. There's, there's no article. Yeah. It's just sword. Sword. It's the sword. Anyway, um, issue number one from Marvel. Kieran Gillen um, writing it, and some guy with the last name Sanders doing the art. Uh, Steven Sanders. Steven Sanders? Sanders, wait a minute. <laughs> um, this, and he drives a Corvette. Um, I, Kieran Nail, basically this is the this is uh, Agent Brand and Sword, the whole, you know, shield is on Earth, Sword is in the, the space. Astonishing X-Men. Astonishing X-Men. Kieran nailed writing her, that character in this whole world. It was a lot of fun to read. Kieran's making a big splash in the Marvel. Yeah. In this. Guyrich is the foil, which is, fan- I love Henry Peter Guyrich, he's fantastic. I didn't really like Steven Sanders' art. And as alluded earlier in the thing, the, the way he draws the beast is just, it's continuing the aberration of oh. the, the destruction of, of... Oh, he looks like a dog. Yeah, yeah, exactly. When yeah, are they going to move him back? Uh, please soon. He's the one they haven't really fixed. But then yeah. there's big news in the back of this book, but isn't there? The, the, the fantasticness was the backup story with art by Jamie McKelvey, which I know, I understand that they, Kieran and Jamie are known for working together on phonogram. They probably want to break free or whatever. But just let McKelvey draw this book. <laughs> if he, he, if looked, he drew it, I would buy it. It just looked beautiful. It looked, you want to see it, the end it, of phonogram? It looked fantastic. Well, <laughs> Yeah, well, yeah. He also um, wants McKelvey to eat. Yeah, exactly. I do. That's one of the starvation. By, by the amount of money I've given him, I do. <laughs> Basically, they're finally dealing with the space bullet, and, uh. and it's Lockheed getting mad at Brand for them not doing anything about going to get Kitty out of the space bullet. So it looks like maybe they're going to address the space bullet. And also, what I think is notable about this is that it looks like they they figured out how to color. It's Matt Wilson. The guy's coloring him on phonogram. Yeah. The last thing he did for Marvel was colored this way, too, I think. Yeah, no, Matt, yeah. He, Matt Wilson knows how to color. They Jamie figured out that they yeah. need to bring that guy over to color. Oh, it's, he's fantastic, and it just looks beautiful. It does, it looks yeah. great. It's yeah. flat. Yeah. It, not in a bad way, but... No, no you, need to be, you need to do him flat. Batman, Doc Savage special. Josh, you bought this, right? I, yeah, you Batman know, doesn't use a gun. I wanted to... Oh, I'm going to come over there and hit okay, you. first, <laughs> let's just get that out of the way. <laughs> this is not... 
current this Batman. This is this is what you would, what used to be known as Elseworlds. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It is takes place in a different world. Also, different time. Early, this is Batman is has only been around a few months at the beginning of this story. Something. Like it doesn't that. matter. Even if he uses the gun for his entire career, it's a different world. The rules don't apply. Okay. Second of all, the current Batman, the quote unquote real Batman, is quite often used guns. It just doesn't always yeah. work into people's theories of what Batman is. But he's, I can show you all those trades on that shelf over there yeah. of him shooting people with guns on his plane. Well, there you go. The thing about this was it was uh, written by Brian Azzarello and drawn by Phil Noto. See, gorgeous, uh, wonderful illustration. Phil really yep. gorgeous illustration. Although a little stiff. The more, yeah, the more I looked at it, the more I was sort of unimpressed by the the storytelling and the layouts. I told you, it's a little um, stiff. Very stiff, but it's sort of a nice illustration style. I yep. guess we'll go that way. Um, I was really enjoying it until I got to the end and I realized that there was no story. Yeah. <laughs> this is a prelude to a miniseries that's going to come out in 2010. No, not a miniseries, a whole universe, a whole bunch but, of books. But a bunch everything. of miniseries. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. come out in 2010. Not just one miniseries, multiple. Well, there's going to be one to start with. Jeff Lemire's writing about. one. And, yeah. and it's, it's going to be Brian Azzarello's pulp world where it's, he's, dealing, he's dealing with all these pulp characters plus all these established characters in pulp. Is he so, got Batman in there? No, it's it's yeah. basically it's all the sh- yeah yes it's all this like almost non-powered so it's Batman it's Doc Savage it's all the also the is it Warren who are the characters that Doc Savage on them were yeah I think um, so or Archie characters or whatever Batman Doc Savage Justice Inc the Spirit mm-hmm. Black Canary you know the Blackhawks Re- yeah. Reema the Jungle Girl yeah. I was actually more excited for reading this backup material for the mini I'm really yeah. excited for the mini so yeah. all these the story next year. This this issue didn't really have much of a story. I, I want like I I wanted I like the conversations they were having and things about it, but like all of a sudden it was over. Story arc standpoint, it just didn't. It was like it, it was like it was like Act One in a one shot. There was no yeah. there was no other acts, but the, the backup material is great. And the first mini is gonna be drawn by Rags Morales, and I loved the art in that backup. It was great. Yeah. So who likes baseball? I like baseball. So does Doctor Strange, apparently. He's just strange now. Yeah, strange. I don't see why he wouldn't be a doctor anymore, though. That doesn't make sense. No, he's still a doctor. No, he's he still... wouldn't call himself Doctor Strange oh, yeah. the whole thing. That's yeah. the point he's about still... it. Yeah. Like, yeah, you're right. Man. This is the Strange number one from Mark Wade and Emma Rios. Uh, we talked to Mark Wade on uh, the Don't Miss podcast earlier in the week, so we kind of gave a little preview for it. I, I don't know, like, and I talked to Mark about this, and I was impressed by the the way, the, the approach that he took to it. It wasn't what I expected. It was, yeah. it was pretty good. It was kind of a one-shot. I don't know how I feel well, about the art. It's a four-issue miniseries. I, I like the art. I warmed up to the I art. I think the yeah. art's good, but not necessarily for this subject. Yeah. I think second, I, issue, second issue is a little better. I just think it's not... I just think it doesn't match the subject matter, is what I'm saying. Yeah, but I think it matches the, the story, though. Yeah, that yeah. could be. So, I really like the colors. Christina Strand did a great job yeah. on the colors. A couple of DC quick hits here. One yeah. is Batman and Robin number six, which was originally on the script, I believe, but got knocked off somehow. I, I, I think I can show you the emails. We can talk about it afterwards. We'll we'll, offline. I'm going to pull, pull up the emails. Oh, oh. God. After actions. But we're going to have a postmortem. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, this was a great story with some of the worst art I've seen this year. I didn't even bother. I told it, him I'm not it, it was markedly worse than the last two issues. It was. I'm gonna hand Ron this. No, I don't want to see it. I don't want to see it. I don't want hey, to burn, awesome. burn my eyes. What? The cover. Jason Todd getting the shit shot out of him. Or not Jason Todd. <laughs> Damien. Yeah, yeah. He, he shot got... Damien over and over again. In really? Is he dead yet? No. In dead. fact, no. it didn't hurt him. He's like, I can't feel anything. Nice. Yeah. Well, you okay? I told you I can't feel anything. Emotionally or physically? No, they. Sh- they sh- I know. I really liked the story a lot. I thought it was a great, great ending to the arc. A lot of great character stuff in here. It's just, there was just some bizarre pages and layouts and panels, and there were some things I couldn't even tell you what was happening amongst the, yep. the art. It was a disaster. But on the other side of that, Batgirl number four is becoming very similar to Power Girl in that it's, it's a female lead character in a very fun book that does not really tie into anything else. It's a very slight tie into what else is going on in Bat- the rest of the Batman world, but not really. You can read this and not know anything, and it's a... Fun take on on Batgirl. She's got a new <laughs> she's got a new costume that's sort of more functional and it recalls the old Batgirl. And Barbara is her mentor. 
she's a Batgirl for the Dick Grayson age. She's not yeah. tortured like Cassandra Cain was. I and love the Cassandra Cain costume, though. I, I love that costume. Mouth, yeah. fits for her, but like... She was a silent killer, and she fit with Bruce's world, but this is more of a lighthearted Batgirl, very much similar to Barbara Batgirl Gordon. Batgirl for Dick. She's a Batgirl for Dick, and she's I'm not touching that one. She's much more like Barbara Gordon than, than Cassandra was. So I really, I'm really enjoying this. Well, she's a sort of purple, huh? Cool. I guess that's the spoiler. The spoiler. Spoiler, and the original Batgirl's yeah, yeah. costume in the '60s series yeah. was purple. Cool. Uh, and finally, action, real quick, Action Comics 883. This is the Connor show. Well, this is my block. Action Comics 883 was the start of a new arc, and I love these characters, and I hope Superman doesn't come back to this book. That's fine. I would be happy. He, he can have his other three books. I'm happy with these two characters, Nightwing and Flamebreak, staying as the lead for the action books because they're really interesting characters. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. So those are the books that we like this week. So if you head over to ifanboy.com forward slash comics, you check out all the books that came out this week and you can do your pull list and you can rate After you read your books, you can rate them and write a review. And we want to highlight some of the reviews from you, the iFanbase. First review is from Amir Cat, uh, reviewed Super God number one and gave the story a 5 out of 5 and the art a 4 out of 5. And at the time of this recording, 0.17% of you made it your pick of the week, which might just be Amir Cat. <laughs> um, and Amir Katz says this was seriously the creepiest book I've read in a while not that that's a bad thing at all because it was also amazing the issue is a mixture of mankind's fascination with gods and higher beings it includes hero worship deities even prayer in the form of sexual mutilation don't ask just read in the year of the bad superhero with irreversible I think, I think he means irredeemable and, and the mighty being so awesome super god would have to be the most original take on the superheroes gone wrong or right depending on your perspective I, for one, am very excited about this arc. This is the new Warren Ellis book. Oh, so is it an Avatar? Yes, it yeah. is. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, so. it's the new Warren Ellis Dupree superhero book. Oh, okay. So yeah. apparently he's never read one before. No. Oh. Because that's what Warren Ellis does. Yeah. No. I, 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 you know, I'm over Warren Ellis' take on superheroes entirely, yeah. so... I'm sure it's fine. Oh, he does a really good Iron Man, I have to admit. No, I, I know, but then that's fine But if he's, if he's like sort of doing his thing, but he always gets bored with them or wants yeah. to destroy them. Yeah. Are you still reading his other Avatar stuff, Ignition City? It's supposed to be really good, Ignition City. I read it's a couple of them, really good. I, I it's never like, yeah. followed up. It's supposed to be really good. I'm going to read it I'm going to look out for that trade when it comes yeah, out. Yeah, me too. The next review is from Zach Truitt, and he reviews Lock and Key, Crown of Shadows, number one. He gives the story a four out of five, and the art a five out of five, and 17%. Wow. The fan base made this big Lock and Key. I think that was second love. or third in the list. Uh, no love for Lock and Key? There's some love. Another great issue start off. <laughs> Zach Truitt says, another great issue start off volume three. This issue basically serves as a nice setup for the rest of the issues, and it easily catches up those who have just jumped on while also ratcheting up the tension between the malevolent spirit and the family protagonist. I don't want to spoil too much, but there's some key drama at the end of this issue. The artwork is spectacular. This run knocked something over. Right. What did you knock over? Spectacular oh, as usual. Mr. Rodriguez is currently one of the a handful of truly original comic artists today. His style must be seen to appreciated. This issue does what every good first issue should do. I'm waiting for the next issue with bated breath. And I just finished reading the second trade, which was fantastic. Do you have the first volume? Can I borrow I that? I have one and two on that shelf. Can I borrow one yes. of them? Because I've never read any of it, but I just heard nothing um, but good things. Volume two was the runner-up for book of the month. It was very yeah. close, but it got edged out. Which I mean, you're going behind the scenes. A book we'll talk about soon, but <laughs> I really like this Lock and Key series. I, love, I think it's great characters. The, the art's fantastic. It's not wrong about the art. The art's, the art's wonderful. Really original storytelling. I don't read anything else like Lock and Key. It's horror without all the horror tropes. Right. It's very yeah. good. Um, cool. The only issue I would have was I don't think volume two did a good job of catching you up. Maybe he, maybe he learned from that in volume three. Yeah. 
So go to ifanboy.com forward slash comics, rate and review your books as they come out every week. Uh, the iFanba- iFanbase is growing. Before we move on, I want to tell you quickly about our other sponsor and thank them, Instock Trades. Thank them for sponsoring the show. They are the premier website where you can buy your trade paperbacks, your collected editions, whatever you might need. They've got them up to 37% off. Uh, they got free shipping on orders over $50, which is key if you're buying absolutes and, and omnibuses because so they get heavy. If you're Connor. Yeah, if you're Connor, basically. Whoa. Yeah, yeah. Um, they've got over 9,000 trade paperbacks and collected editions in stock and available for order. they got new releases every Wednesday. You make an order, usually ships within 48 hours. So go to www.instocktrades.com and do all your ordering there. And in fact, you might want to order this month's Book of the Month for my fanboy, G.I. Joe Cobra. G.I. Joe Cobra, which is on special at Instock Trades just for us. So if you nice. go there and check it out, you'll find it's 40% off. That's amazing. That's, certainly good That's, a, lovely se- That's a lovely segue. Thank you. G.I. Joe Cobro is the iFanboy Book of the Month for November. This should come as no surprise to anyone because Josh and I, who read the series, loved it. You guys, no, I, you guys have a hard-on for this book. I'm, yeah, not, afraid, like, I'm not afraid to admit earlier and, and Josh, or show it. And Josh was whispering sweet nothings into this book's ear. <laughs> and Alan Connor took it away from me. Yeah. Like, you may want to let me clean that off. <laughs> that's awful. I'd like to apologize. <laughs> He's been hanging out with me all day, and that's, <laughs> what, that's what happens. That Written nice. by Mike Costa and Christos Gage with art by Antonio Fuso. Covers by, covers by Howard Chaykin. Covers by IDW. Not only covers by Howard Chaykin, but it's the good Chaykin. Good Chaykin. Good Chaykin. This was a series that came out of nowhere. Josh and I gave three of the six issues of Pick of the Week honors. I believe you gave two of them. I gave one. Yeah. You've it was the mini four or five? It was four according to what I looked it up. Mini was four and there's one special. There's five issues, not uh, six. Well, five or six, either way, it's a good percentage. Three of them. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's good. So three out of five were Pick of the Weeks. Mm-hmm. This was the series that Josh likes to say had no business being as good as it was. None. None. It was about chuckles. <laughs> it was about... Chuckles. It had a GI Joe. I mean, you gotta also remember when Connor, when you picked the first one as a pick of the week, I was like, you're, and I remember thinking, just, you're actually buying a new GI Joe relaunch? What is wrong with you? How many bad GI Joe relaunches have there been? I remember you're that. You're a 32 year old man. <laughs> stop. Just stop. At this some is, point, you've gotta move on. This is pretty good. Yeah, see? And see? Then, like, I came around entirely and I read it and I was like, it's like 24. Oh. I don't really take now, Connor. Your your thing is this is twenty four me GI Joe. I don't really. I thought the first issue was. Yeah, and after that, it's. Yeah, well, that was how I described the first issue in the Pick of the Week because that's what the, it was similar to that. It was. What's funny was because in my I remember my original Pick of the Week review, I wrote that this was the guy that threw the missile at a tank in the cartoon movie, which was that horrible, horrible movie. But you shut your mouth. That movie's terrible. You shut your mouth. Cobra La. Cobra La. No, 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 no. They ruined it. They, had to, they, need, they never should have gotten Mystic. Shut your they mouth. They never should have gotten Mystic. The BET. That's the, <laughs> the broadcast energy transmitter. Making Cobra Commander some some ex mystical yeah. character instead of. But that movie has our favorite moment. It's your favorite moment. No, Connor's too. What? When they get captured oh, by yeah, the yeah. Cobra Law and they get put in the cage and they get their weapons taken care taken away from them. Lady J and Roblox saying, "What are we gonna do?" Forgetting the fact that they've got weapons drawn this on their is the costumes. Time you've told I don't care. I will tell it. Bandolier, every time. bandolier full of grenades. Yeah, Steak Ice has got <laughs> knives all over them. We got no weapons. But God. Making making. Oh, Nemesis and Four Star. Nemesis and Four Star. Making Cobra a mystical cult of super beings was the worst thing they ever did to GI Joe. But anyway, take that. Love that movie. Love it. One hundred and eighty degrees and come up with the best adult 
comic that you can about this espionage. It's espionage. espionage. Uh, it's a it's a spy story, and and you don't have to you you strip off the G.I. Joe brand. That it's one of the best spy stories I've we've I've read. You know what it reminds me of, really, in comics term. If you read Sleeper and you really like that, it's very related to that, but without superpowers. Yes, yeah. similar. Um, in Sleeper, Holden Carver's you know un, he's deep behind enemy lines. He's got no contact. He's no one to talk to. He's, he's cut off. And the same thing happens to Chuckles in this, basically. And he's forced to make really awful decisions. And and he makes them one seriously awful Ooh, decision. Ah. And it's the, the point is, what will you what will you do to complete the mission? How far will you go? And what does that do to you as a person? Person as a as a soldier, and how far will you go, Josh? Probably like second base, <laughs> and probably like let him. Touch Josh has no problem sleeping with Baroness, doing all that stuff. It's no, the other it's stuff. The other stuff. Yeah. Sleeping with Destro. That's it's the problem. The, <laughs> <laughs> lay here on the bed. No. <laughs> <laughs> Polish my helmet. Are you going to at least take the helmet off? No. Oh. It hurts. Oh. Sharp edges. Ow. Um, Ow. Wow. That went to a blue. <laughs> it, it took a dark turn. I didn't expect this discussion to go this way. <laughs> I didn't know Clandestro meant that. <laughs> We're sorry, IDW. Um, no, it, it really is it, it is. it is as dark and as realistic and gritty as you can ima- possibly imagine. And Antonio Fuse had great art, which really helps and, the and feeling then of the book. And on top of all of that, uh, the, it, also included in the trade is is uh, G.I. Joe Cobra special. Yep. That was the title of it. Yeah, G.I. Joe Cobra special. Which was uh, some of the best uh, sort of visual graphic Constru- stories. Best really construction and structure. And structure. Uh, yeah, st- construction. I can't say. I don't want to say structure or construction, but I keep saying it at the same time. Construction. Uh, Destructicons. Where, where they're, oh, they're talking they're cool. to Tomax and Zaymont, who are also too lame as I love Tomax I love them. They were my, some of my favorites. They're still lame as crap. Doesn't matter. They, the action figures came with the mirror. Oh, yeah, I, so loved how, cool. I loved how creepily they finished each other's sentences. Oh, yeah, totally creepy. Yeah. And, and the ascots yes. and the blazers. Ascots. They have villain yeah. with ascots. The yeah. toys didn't have that, though. No, the characters in the cartoon. Well, either though. way, this issue, we talked about this already on the, the show. Mirrored the mirrored issue? Yeah. Where the one side completely It starts off following on one brother and it goes to the second brother. And if you look, and in the trade... They print the issue, but then they also have a, a segment in the back where they print every page mirrored, so you can see That's so cool. for yourself how the stories mirror each other. It's actually a better job at mirroring than that one issue, Fearful Symmetry, from Watchmen. Yes, it's yeah. a better job in in that sense that they actually it's clearer, I guess. Yeah, it's it's really impressive, and 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 we talked about that issue in this pick of the week. You don't notice it at first, but when you look at it side by side in this trade, you can really see wow, the the yeah. panels mirror each other. It was one of the best minis of the year, one of the best series of the year. Great trade, and it was a no-brainer when it arrived at my desk. Moments before I had to write the book of the month review, one of the easiest calls I've had to make on these books. Just cool. fantastic. And they're making a sequel, which excited, but also a little worried for. You yeah. know, you always worry about the sequel to the great mini. And so, as you mentioned, it's on special at InStockTrades.com. You can also get it on Amazon. It's from IDW. IDW. Yeah, so Check it out. If you've never read a G.I. Joe book, this will totally defy all your expectations. And go to iFanboy.com where you can read Connor's full book of the month review. Yes. Next up is the emails. Our first email comes from Sean R., who writes, says, Hey guys, I'm hoping you can help me out. The majority of comics I'm reading are superheroes, with the exception of Jungle Girl and Red Sonia. Cheesecake, I know. But all the other types of comics seem to n- never seem to catch my interest, or I didn't know what I was looking for. Now I have a pretty good idea of what I'm looking for, so do any of you know some comics that are similar to the Bourne movies, with Matt Damon, in Tone of Story, which is basically an all-action spy thriller? He has some rules, though. Rule number one, little to no politics. It can be interesting if done right, otherwise that shit's boring. <laughs> number two, no black and white series, color comics only. That eliminates Queen and Country. 
Queen of Country would have been my first, but obviously he doesn't want to read. I disagree. I'm like, oh, come on. Yeah, I know, because you like politics and you like, and you know, don't mind black and white. Yeah. And, and just to yeah. say that it can't be. I have more of a problem with no black and white issue. Well, yeah, yeah that, that eliminates the whole thing. Uh, I would, but based off that, it sounds so, like he should pick up the leading man from B. Clay Moore and Jeremy yeah, Hahn. I just think he should pick up G.I. Joe Cobra. <laughs> or like, I, like yeah, it just yeah, to, like I yeah. did not have an answer for this when I put it down because I was yeah. like I don't know how to answer this maybe they will right. but you were, I was like oh wait we've just well, been talking the about le- it. the leading man, leading man is, is a good miniseries Jeremy yeah. Hahn did, did the art it's in color it's about a spy I don't know I remember if there's po- I don't think there's politics no, involved not really um, all a lot of action uh, GI Joe Cobra is a good G. example G. Well. G. G. Joe Origins I want to say Super Spy, but I don't think he'll like Super no, Spies. No, 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 no. It's more of an action thing. You know, if the circle was still around, uh, that you know, was good. There's no trade of that, is there? There, there is, is no trade no, because yeah. it did not sell very well. But Brian Reed, who who writes for Marvel, had done a, a five issue series with Image called The Circle last year, which was, is exactly what you're asking for. It was very good. You can probably find the issues. If you can find the issues at a convention or a store, check yeah. out. I think it was five issues or six. It was five. What about Checkmate? It's got, uh, he likes superheroes. It's in there color. There is politics, though. There's all that. Yeah. It's a lot of political, yeah. political stuff. stuff. It's as much political as it is action. Yeah. So there you go. A sleeper. We're all looking. Sleeper. We're all looking at my shelf. Yeah. Sleeper. Sleeper's probably a good option too. A lot of spy stuff. Color. Yeah. I would say the leading man's a good choice. G.I. Joe Cobra's a good choice. Yeah. Sleepers is a good choice. It's less spy. It's it's less all out action. It's more espionage and yeah. yeah, and that sort of thing. And the circle. If you can find the circle, that, uh, the circle is actually probably the best choice if you can find it. It's tough to have a spy book without the politics. It's kind of the point of spies. Otherwise, yeah. they're just people hiding. Or yeah. in color. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You're, and, and honestly, dude, you're limiting yourself by saying no queen of country. I mean, it, that's what you want. You know? It really is. But you can it. color it. Yeah, you buy can color issues. it yourself. Actually, I say I dare you to buy the first the first dude, miniseries and color it yourself. Dave Stewart is freelance. Yeah, he'll hire. Yeah, he'll exactly. John you. Byrne drew that whole FX series uh, uh, from that kid. Maybe Dave Stewart would color Queen and Country for you. you That'd be amazing. What would happen? Is that legal? I don't think that's legal. If you sold it. Yeah, you can yeah, do it for yourself. You do it for yourself. Yeah. 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 Sorry. No resale. All right. Jason writes and says, just read an interview with Jeff Johns where someone asked if he could make up a superhero team regardless of publisher. Who would it be? My question to you guys is. Who would be your five-man team, and why? I, th- I assume this is all cross yeah, all spectrum. All characters you can think of to put on a five-man five man team. team. All right, Josh, you go first because you're worst at this. Captain America. Okay. Captain America leads a team. All right, Captain America. I think Invincible would be good on a team like that because he's okay. young, but he's also got a ton of power. Scrappy. Yeah, you need a girl, someone like a like a, like a Black Widow. Okay. Maybe maybe somebody more. Who's a woman woman who's more black powerful canary? Than black Widow. No, I don't like her. Why don't you like Black Canary? I don't know, it's just not my thing. He's racist. You need racist. like a you need like a big dumb bruiser, so like a like a, like Ben. Big Grimm. Barda? Like like no like like Okay, so big the Barda thing. might be, no, I don't know putting her. Why? Like, She's like awesome. Thing. Okay. You know what? You do your own list, buddy. I don't, it's fine. I criticizing um, yours. Alright, so you got four. And then you need like like a comic relief kind of, No, you need to you know, I love his approach, it's hysterical because my approach is completely different, but go on. I'm gonna go with like a Martian Manhunter. Because comic need, relief? He's a straight yeah, man. No, I changed my mind. I, I think you can use the other hero comic relief, but I think you need like you need a, a straight man. Yeah, you need a strategist kind of guy. Yeah. The, the, like so a I'm Mr. Terrific? Yeah. So I'm going to go with I'm going with uh, Martian Manhunter. For the All right, so you got Martian Manhunter, Captain America, Invincible, The Thing, and Big Barda. Yeah. No, I didn't say that. All right, so who's your fifth then? Who's your woman then? threw me off. Who's your woman then? I said Black Widow. Black Widow, okay. So there you go. There's Josh's team. Connor? Wolverine, Lobo, Dark Claw. <laughs> Nice. Lady Deathstrike. You're going with the claws. Deadpool. <laughs> Deadpool. Deadpool. That's the book I would never buy. It's that's inter- That's an interesting question. I think it depends on the kind of team you want. Do you want like a team of misfits, or do you, you want? Are you trying to tell good stories? You trying yeah. to make them kick ass? It's a superhero team. Well, right, but like in in terms of like the defenders are not a good team, but it makes a good book. Yeah, We're going for a good book. 
Yeah. Or the like, Defenders are a great team. So f- you know what I'm but saying. They don't get along. That's right. the point. Yeah. But like, it's a good book. Yeah. It's, not the, it's not a company you want to work for. I know. Like, you know, the, the, the Giffen Justice League was not a good team. No, but they we were would go for a team that kicks ass and it would be a good book. And, you know. Who's the guy, who's the guy that leads the Walking Dead crew? Rick. 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 <laughs> Rick on that team. That's good. <laughs> yeah, Rick. Rick. That's my team. Okay. He'd go. He'd be like, there are six. Wolverine, <laughs> Wolverine Lobo, Dark Claw, Lady <laughs> Deathstrike, and Rick. I'm right, walking that's yours. Right. That's my team. <laughs> All right. So, uh, it's in- <laughs> so my team probably Cyclops, Jean Grey, Colossus, Wolverine, Kitty Pride. No, um, no. It's funny because you're saying you're going for a leader, you're going for comic relief, you're going for a woman. My approach is you need a flyer, you need someone with magic, you need somebody with leadership. I was student. writing a book, yeah. you were, you were yeah. being in a book. exactly. So Cyclops, Wolverine, Colossus, Kitty, Nightcrawler. The X-Men. Or Jean Grey. That's Sorry. your team. Yeah. That's yeah, the X-Men. Team. Yeah, the X-Men. That's, yeah. It. that's as perfect as it's going to get. <laughs> exactly. <Shut up. laughs> no, in reality, if I had to, if you force my hand and you make me mix up, mix companies. up companies, I'd probably uh, go Flash, mm-hmm. Wally. Flash. <laughs> Oh man, like we're getting really punchy. <laughs> so I go the Flash with Wally. I would go Cyclops for leader. I would go Adam Eve from Invincible because chick like and her. power. I like her. Yeah. Um, I'd probably go. Um, He's stroking his beard devilishly. Yeah. <laughs> I probably would go Mister Fantastic because his last name is Richards. What about Madman? And yeah, Madman. That's a good one. What Savage Dragon? No, Sam Dragon's not a team player. He's a solo guy. That's the guy who's on the team, doesn't want to be on the team, but right, he's yeah, on the yeah, team. Yeah. Spider-Man. Yeah, Spider-Man. <laughs> so, yeah, great question. Email us at contact.ifanboy.com if you have any questions. We're sk- we skipped the voicemail this week. We know we said we wouldn't, but I we know, forgot but about book, the book of the month. We forgot about the book of the month. voicemails will be back, but we got a bunch of voicemails in this week. Keep them coming in. Call 1-888-FANBOYS. It's 1-888-326-2697. Keep them 30 seconds. Let us know who, who you are, where you're from, and, and ask good questions. Flash. <sighs> <laughs> <laughs> I talk like Flash. <laughs> All right, we got some other shows that we want to tell you about. We did a bunch of more Talksplodes in the last couple of weeks. We did one with Mark Wade talking about Strange Number One. And we have one coming up this week with Kevin Baker, the writer of Luna Park, the graphic novel that came out from Vertigo. So that's coming out on Don't Miss on iFam. Yeah, those uh, are both Don't Miss, Talksplode, Don't Miss podcasts, which you have to find on their own feed. They're not on this feed, so you have to go subscribe on iTunes separately. Yep, so go to iFanboy.com for the link to iTunes or search for just iFanboy and iTunes and you'll find it there. I also want to tell people about the last Murmur podcast, which was all about TV, which I really enjoyed and thought was really a good show. A lot of fun, a lot of fun. If I can say so myself. It was me and Ron and Josh and Paul Montgomery talking about the year so far in television and it was very controversial as as evidenced by the comments on Murmur, but it was a fun show and I enjoyed it. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. So, um, yeah, so check that out. And if you enjoy this podcast, as well as the other Talksplodes and Don't Miss and the video show, which is coming back, we're going to talk about it in a moment, and ifanboy.com as a whole, you can help us out by becoming a member. You get stuff for becoming a member for $4 a month or $42 a year. gets you the prize pack of some buttons and some stickers and a free comic from our collection, pulled from our long boxes, as previously spoken about. Um, or for 10 bucks a month, $100 a year, you get that prize pack plus an iFanboy members t-shirt. For all you members out there who are waiting for your t-shirts, they are in and they are being shipped out this week so uh, you should be getting them soon we thank everyone for becoming a member becoming a member makes you eligible for all the great iFanboy giveaways we got some cool ones coming up around the holidays we'll start getting generous with the members so make sure you are a member um, uh, to be eligible and we thank everybody for becoming one also um, if you want to help out iFanboy the holidays are coming my sister's already started doing her Christmas shopping. She uses Amazon. You can use Amazon, too, by going to ifanboy.com forward slash Amazon. Do all your Christmas shopping there. Helps us out in the process. That's what I'm using for my Christmas shopping. When you go there, click on the link that says Powered by Amazon. It'll take you to Amazon itself. People yep. have asked that question before. That's how you get to Amazon. Exactly. You can go to ifanboy.com. 
24 hours a day, seven days a week. We don't close for the holidays. We don't. But make sure you go there. You can comment on this show. You can look at, there's all this great written original content. We put up stuff every week. The best covers of the week. All sorts of stuff to discuss. Things like that. You can go to ifanboy.com slash about to see all about us and see the different places that you can hook up with us on the internet. Yep. And things like that. Hey, you know what else you could find there? We've been putting up uh, reprints, is what we call them. Some of our older video shows that you really only got to see the once when they came around, unless you went digging around. And that's fun and all, but I guess if you... If you really want, <laughs> we'll put a new video show up on December 2nd. We are back on December 2nd. and, and well, We don't guarantee any more after that. Yeah, yeah We're just <laughs> guaranteeing the one. week at a time. <laughs> one on, six months off. That's, yeah. my new, that's my new schedule. I want to mention the t-shirts real quick. We got our Herm shirts in. We sent out all the orders. If you want a Herm shirt, do not delay. We only have 20 Herm shirts left. Jeez. They went so from that re- reorder, they went out, they flew out the door. So we only have 20 Herm shirts left. That goes across all sizes. So some sizes only have one or two left. So if you're thinking about a Herm shirt... Or for the holidays, for a gift for somebody, don't wait because there may not be any left in a month or so. so check those out as well, as well as the Power Responsibility shirts, which we, uh, we still have some in red and blue. You can also email us at contact at ifanboy.com. they got a voicemail line at 888-FANBOYS, which is 326-2697, which will be coming back next week. Questions, comments, concerns, discussion topics, etc., etc., etc. You can also, if you like us, write a review on iTunes for this show and for the Don't Miss Talks Below podcast. And for the video show, we appreciate all those reviews that help people find the shows when they're searching online for podcasts to listen to. Even better than that is to tell your friends and your buddies and your comic store friends and the psychic you go to to find out what's going to happen next week. Don't talk about Regis. <laughs> so help spread the word. We appreciate it. Thank you. Yes. So uh, it's been fun being in the same room. We haven't done this in a while. I've never had two men on my bed before. It's kind of hot. That's a lie. <laughs> Whoa. Ayo. This, Ayo. Is a, this is a weird show this week. How's it oh. feel being where the magic happens? <laughs> oh. He's like a one man band. Oh. All right. So until next week, <laughs> I'm on his knees. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Ron. I'm Connor. I am Joshua. <laughs> I decided to say my whole name. I've never done that. And I'm Joshua Adam Flanagan. <laughs> well, what's your name? <laughs> what creepy. you are into. Then on our next date, well, you could bring your roommate. I don't know if Stu is keen to, but if you want, we could double team you. How about you and two dudes, him, you, and Stu, in the nude, being nude with two dudes with food? Well, that's if Stu's into it, too. All the things I do, things I do for you. If I only knew, that's what you're into. Um. Oh, shit. Echo. Yeah. <laughs> I'm taking this off for the show. Yeah. You said this second swamp thing was different than the first? I'll show you after, yeah. The the, the cover treatment's different. It's it's a rougher paper on the first one. Oh. You're, you're amassing quite the library here. Yep. And it's going to kill you one day. You realize that. That's sturdy. That's not going anywhere. That's Yeah. Yeah. Her falls straight through the floor. <laughs> which is no, which, not the floor. Which is not <laughs> matter. Which is the building will just give way. <laughs> it's, a, it's a floating bookshelf. Like a like a like a marble on a wet tissue. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. Twelve absolutes. Alright, let's do this. Did you buy absolute Promethea? Yeah. Why? One more. You like Promethea? Yeah. Oh, okay. I like the one I all right, Ron, you you're probably ready? make a shit ton of money selling these on eBay, my friend. <laughs> you ready, Ron? I'm ready. In three, two. Oh, am I doing it? Oh, okay. I think that's why I asked you when you were if you were ready. 